All right, we welcome you back to another Locked on Syracuse, a Wednesday edition. We have you every single weekday. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Get all our favorite clips from the podcast episodes and your Q's breaking news. A lot to get to today. Today's episode brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need at rockauto.com. So Ty, we started the week sort of talking about college football and how the pessimism was around it and it's looking less and less likely. We've kind of danced around talking about Syracuse football a little bit because it's still, at some point, there's going to be a season with the roster that Syracuse has right now. But the news to kind of get to today is actually from Colgate in the Patriot League. Some guidelines have come out regarding that, and it's important for Syracuse because Colgate is Syracuse's first opponent in the brand new dome that's set to come in early September. That's supposed to be the first game And it's looking like Colgate might not be able to play that game against Syracuse to start the season. It's looking less and less likely. And interesting you bring this up because today made my way out onto the golf course. Now, Tim, I I golf on the public courses. I'm not country club Tim Leonard like you are over there. (laughs) I I don't have someone waiting for me on the first tee with a a platter and a glass of champagne before I tee off. So I got... (laughs) You know I kid. You know I kid. But... So even though I go out there solo, I'll get matched up with randoms. So today I got matched up with a coach from a Power 5 university, a winter sports coach. And I, I'm not going to reveal the name or anything, but he was telling me... your sources. Right, exactly. We're, we <laughs> like to Big J when we can. We, da- we dance around the Big J at, at any given chance. But basically what he was saying is, and again, this is a winter sports coach... He was saying how he does not feel very confident that his season is going to get off. And if that's a winter coach saying that, imagine what all these fall sports are saying. Now, he did kind of put the disclaimer out there that basically the football program, it seemed like they're going to try and do everything in their power to squeeze this in and try to make sure that there is some sort of season because these universities are hemorrhaging so much money. Forget athletics. Think about just from the student body standpoint. You're losing out on a lot of room and board, which these universities make tons and tons of money off of, meal plans. And and then, of course, it seems like the, the tuition prices, too. I don't know exactly what, I guess it's a university to university basis, but You're not paying full tuition if you're just going to take online classes, which a lot of these kids did in the in the spring to close out their semesters. So he didn't feel very confident. He did say he felt like football. There's a a chance it happens, but he doesn't feel very confident. And basically, these university presidents and, and ADs, they don't know what to do right now because Again, there is no blueprint for this. There is no blueprint yeah. for a season getting canceled. So they they feel hamstrung in that capacity because they have no guide to follow and they're not sure what the future holds because we're hearing all about this second wave and, and what's going to happen. So who knows what's going to happen, but based on what this coach told me, he did not feel very confident. And w- when I hear that from a coach of a winter sport, I, I don't feel confident in football happening and then on top of that 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 puts basketball up in the air yeah if i'm hearing this from a winter athletics coach right because in some sense you feel like they're gonna do 
everything in their power, all these ADs, all these conferences, all the NCAA, they know how much football means. These guys missed out on all that March Madness money and conference tournament money too. That's a lot. And that is a a good sum of what is brought in for these basketball programs. Forget if you go to the NCAA tournament. It doesn't matter if you go to the NCAA tournament. You're still collecting a nice chunk of change because it's conference revenue sharing. Yeah, so if football doesn't happen, you know they gave it all they got. And now you wonder how much different will things be in a couple of months? And it's a scary thing to think about. I mean, obviously, barring you get a virus maybe, which you see different stuff on that every week. It seems like Fauci was more optimistic this week that it might come by the end of this year. But but his optimism know, was not surrounding football. No. It was, it was <laughs> no. surrounding he, the fact that we may have a vaccine. There was optimism right. this week, but it's just not right. in terms I, of a football season. I think the important thing here to look at, and you brought this up, we were sort of texting before we started this, that now, selfishly from a Syracuse perspective, it becomes, all right, who else? You have to go to a plan B because Colgate's probably not going to be in the minority here. There's going to be plenty of FCS teams I'd assume, that are going to scrap football this season. And maybe the FBS gets it going, and then Syracuse has to find another opponent that likely you're just going to be picking from an FBS opponent that also lost an FCS team. So Colgate went from on your schedule potentially as an easy win, your first game in the Dome, something that you could literally yeah, just put a team a that you are to. paying to beat, essentially. Yes. Right. And again, now, towards bowl status you get one fcs win you're you're given that that ability to to pick up one cheap win like that so who knows maybe they'll find another fcs team but to me it does feel like that might be unlikely and this might make their schedule tougher in the long run because they'll have to find an fbs team and that's what's tough too because i i looked at the schedule and that's where the whole part of playing colgate in week three makes things really dicey because usually you have your FCS games in week one or week two as a power five team. Now, with this being week three, and of course everything had to be pushed back scheduling-wise because of the dome construction in a sense, it's going to be tough because four of the other five matchups in the Patriot League, let's just take them as an example, but four of the other five matchups that are being played that week are against Ivy League schools, a.k.a. another group of FCS teams. So there's two conferences you pretty much cannot schedule with out of the FCS. I haven't looked through the entire schedule, but every single school in the Patriot League was playing another FCS school. So they're getting into that point of of their season where they're playing not necessarily conference games, but they're playing some of their non-conference games against the same level of opponent. So that's what makes this really, really tough. You'd have to dive through the schedule a little bit to see who maybe you could scrap together. But the big reason why Colgate likely cannot play Syracuse is because athletes this year, the NCAA is mandating a six-week preparation period. So they have to have reported to campus and started practicing six weeks before they play in a game. So if... If they have to, and and the way that the Patriot League has set everything up, they're probably going to have to to cancel their first two games, them being Colgate. So they're playing at Western Michigan and at William & Mary, both of which are flights and both of which, 
which means that the Patriot League is not allowing the, those trips to happen. You're not flying anywhere. Now, Syracuse, obviously, you can take a bus, so there's nothing wrong with that. You can make that trip. But if that if you are reporting six weeks before a game, that means you're reporting by August 8th, which I don't see happening for Colgate to yeah. play in a game against Syracuse. If they're, Because Syracuse, they're, they're reporting July 12th. Okay, so they're going to have plenty of time. That six-week barrier is going to be no problem for them. But for Colgate, they're, they're, I think it was their university president, maybe it was the athletic director, said athletes and students are reporting at the same time. And if that's the case, I don't see a world in which Colgate is getting there before August 8th. They haven't even announced the day that they're starting yet. So if they don't know that now, it's surely not going to be before August 8th. Another thing that's worth bringing up, too, is the fact that this might have to just flat out be a forfeit. And if that's the case, then, yeah. then Syracuse wins and you don't have to worry about this, but this might just end up being a forfeit. Who knows how, how this is all going to end. Right. I'm, I'm sure Syracuse will not be the only team in this position. By the way, trivia like... question for you. Do you yeah, know what the football it. score is given as if there is a forfeiture? Oh, what's it like? 69, nothing. No, no. <laughs> Get your mind it? out of the gutter. Come on. <laughs> I have no idea. One nothing. Oh, that's it. So so I it hurts that's... it hurts the offense numbers a little bit, sure, but one nothing is what you get. So for anyone who tells you you can't win a game one nothing in football, go out and prove them wrong because that's what the forfeiture score is. Huh. You wanna... How did you dig that up? Where did you see I that? I just quick Google my and my fascination. Okay. You know what so that's what it is in pretty much every level of football except the NFL. You know what the NFL is? Three nothing? Two nothing. Close. Oh, Very close. Man. But but that's not as fun because about... you can actually have a two nothing game in football. Right. Here, you another trivia for you. In football or NFL. Right, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> Which is the worst you're thing all over ever. Trivia. All right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is see, this is what happens when you close down bars and restaurants and I can't get yes. to my trivia nights. I start giving you trivia. All right. When's the last time there was a forfeiture in college football? Man, probably like nineteen sixty. I have no idea. Nineteen ninety eight. So really, yeah, it was, it's a lot closer. Than, I, I can't remember what teams were involved, but so if you yeah. spewed that trivia question at me, I wouldn't have been able to get it. But there you go. There's your last forfeiture and there's your forfeiture score. So These for anyone things... who's a fan of obscure sports facts, you learned something today. Yeah. These are the things you Google when you're in quarantine. What is the forfeit score? Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that. I did feel like just seeing this news trickle out. That it just feels like another headache for these athletic directors, another thing for everyone involved that is the reason why when you are talking to a coach like you did today, there's a lot of pessimism right now. I don't know. It, it just feels like, to me, this is more proof that it's looking less and less likely as we crawl closer and closer to the start of this. And I guess we're under 100 days now. So that's kind of the update there on the Colgate front and the chances that Syracuse will have that first dome game that they were supposed to have. Maybe they'll have to go to a plan B, but we'll keep tracking that. Some big recruiting news to get to. A quarterback target, Justin Lampson, has announced his top four, and he is nearing a decision. We'll tell you what he said about Syracuse and the chances that SU is going to get him. But before we do that, got to tell you about rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, 
and even new carpet, whether it is for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, now back to some recruiting news, which is what we love to talk about here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast, and some exciting recruiting news that has been trickling out kind of in the past couple days, sort of catching up on it. It's the quarterback, Justin Lampson, who we have talked about in the past, recently got that Syracuse offer, which he called, I believe the quote was, the offer he has been waiting for in an article. And now he's making some more news, talking with 24-7 Sports again, a long article, which was pretty engaging from him and gave some different quotes on some teams that he has. He's essentially announced some his timelines, too. Yes, and the timeline is in there, and it's coming soon, is the decision from him, which is great to see because the Syracuse offer came, and then it seems like he's getting close to a decision timeline. So maybe that's connecting dots and doing something, some positive thinking on the situation. But Syracuse is in his top four. And it looks like, according to him, he will have a school picked out by the end of the week, he says, and then likely sort of sit on it and announce maybe early next week. Also, we should mention this top four that he has sort of given 247sports.com. The schools are Louisville, San Jose State, Syracuse, Wyoming. He's seen all of them. San Jose State, he Let's has not seen... Let's call it four seen... and a half, actually, because he did right, get a Boise State offer that. this week. Yeah. And right, who knows? Maybe they're they're in the, into that four because they're they're a big name school in terms of football standards. So we'll call it a top four and a half. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is Boise came in with an offer actually after he spoke to twenty four seven sports dot com, and then he told them, "All right, I'm gonna evaluate them, and I'm gonna try and get out there and see if I can go to a visit." He's from California, so a little bit easier to get there than maybe to Syracuse. But the fact that he went all the way across the East Coast, all the way to Syracuse, I think is the reason why he got this Syracuse offer. That's what he said The 247sports.com. He said that that showed the staff and the Syracuse coaches that he was very interested in them. So the offer came basically as soon as he made that decision. He said he really enjoyed the visit. He enjoyed talking to Dino Babers on a FaceTime call for about 20 minutes while he was driving there and said, a lot of positive things, as he said about a lot of these schools in his top four. So according to him, there is no top school right now, and he's still kind of figuring this thing out. But I've got some good vibes from kind of going through his quotes, not to get overly excited, Ty, but I do feel like Syracuse is right there here. I'm with you, too. I think this is a very good sign. I mean, if he's driving from, or at least it seemed like he was driving, but if he is driving out to Syracuse from, from California in the middle of a pandemic, it's clearly very serious. And, I mean, even if he's flying to Syracuse in the middle yeah. of a pandemic, it's clearly very serious. So that's why I think that I, I feel good. I, this kind of feels like a... I'm, I'm going to ax Wyoming, okay? I'm going to ax Wyoming. Because <laughs> okay. just just based on reading some of the things on, on what he's looking for in a school, it didn't feel like Wyoming quite fit the bill. 
But the other two options outside of Syracuse, and then Boise State is kind of a misnomer. We don't know exactly his level of interest there, but he does want to visit it. Um, but the other three schools definitely felt like they were were very heavily in contention. And, I mean, the, a lot of promising things that he said about Syracuse. Whenever I read those statements and those quotes in 24-7 articles like that, I usually look for who's the longest. And that's the right. It's it's like when you're do it, taking a test whenever you were in high school or college yeah. or middle school and it's multiple choice. Usually the answer that was the longest was the correct answer. So <laughs> Syracuse had one of the longer answers. So it felt like that he was definitely passionate about the program, passionate about the coaching staff. I thought it was very interesting. And maybe this is just being naive to to how the recruiting process, the intricacies of what goes down in these visits are. But no, I'm with you. The fact that he is going over all this film, I think he said like once or twice a week with Sterling Gilbert. Maybe that's something that goes on in every recruiting process. I don't know. But to hear something like that, that was that to me stood out because it didn't feel like all those other coaches were going over stuff like that. Yeah, clearly he's been talking to Syracuse for a while, too. Also, the Boise State involvement in the offer, kind of interesting because basically the same thing happened with Dylan Markowitz where Syracuse offered and then Boise State shortly offered afterwards. In that case, Dylan Markowitz, who was a 2020 quarterback, committed to Syracuse, so hopefully that's the case here, obviously, with Lampsom. I like that you're axing Wyoming. Another thing I look for when you look at these articles and this is another thing when you have just too much time on your hands and you're kind of weird about this stuff and you investigate each and every word trying to find whatever you can to glean from the information is how you start, how, how they start their quote or how they start talking about the school when it's brought up. And the thing he said about Wyoming off the bat is it's different, but once you get there, it's good. And he had positive things to say. I think the big thing with Wyoming that stood out is he said playing time he'd be able to fit right in and he said he's a competitive guy that that's not going to completely alter his decision but I mean that's what you're looking at here Wyoming and San Jose State feel slightly behind Louisville and Syracuse just from a no knowledge looking at the quotes because San Jose State he has not visited in a while and I feel like if you're getting close to a decision although he doesn't say there's a top school if you're ready to say, I'm going to X school soon, and you haven't visited San Jose State, I would think if that was your top school, you would have already visited there. Maybe During that's... the pandemic, he's I think he's only visited Louisville and Syracuse, correct? Based yeah, I on think everything I too. gathered. Oh, did he get make it? Oh, I think, yeah, you're right. Well, so the thing that stood out to me in the Wyoming quote and why I'm ready to ask them is I saw, it's cool, yeah, but... You fly to Colorado and you fl- or you fly into Denver, and then it's a two-hour drive to Wyoming. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, who? Who's that enjoyable <laughs> it's like Clemson. for? And, and well, it's also like Kansas State too. I remember I was having a conversation with Mike Golick Jr. one time, and he was talking about how when he was going to Kansas State, that they basically they trick out the the cars that are taking you from the airport and, and they tint the windows. And basically, they loaded up with video game systems in the back. So that way, when you're driving wow. down to Manhattan, Kansas, because it's very far from the airport, the time kind of flies and you don't realize how far away it is when you're on these recruiting visits. 
Yeah, that's an underrated part about Syracuse. The airport's, what, 12, 15 minutes away if from the that. campus? You can that's... fly. With my left yeah. foot, I, I can make it an eight. <laughs> right, and it's it's usually no traffic or anything getting you to and from the campus to the airport. So I feel pretty good about this one. I think the more I, I sort of evaluate where Syracuse is at, the more I feel better because he's he's in a position here where Tommy DeVito is a redshirt junior. So once he commits, DeVito will kind of be on his way out, and he can almost do what DeVito did in a way. Now, who knows if he'll be the clear-cut starter. His ratings are pretty solid, though. 18th best dual-threat quarterback in his class. I like what I'm seeing from the tape, and if anything, I think his ratings will go up. But... He could kind of do the DeVito thing or what other starting quarterbacks have done at Syracuse where you go in redshirt and then by your sophomore year, you can kind of get the keys to the offense. So that's why there should be a strong appeal here from Syracuse, I think, to someone, really anyone in this cycle. And that's why I really feel like they have to nab one of these QBs that's pretty high on their list. Plenty more to get to on the Justin Lampson front on today's show. But first, got to tell you about Built Bars, of course, our favorite protein bars on the market. Got a great deal that you can use right now to get these delicious tasting protein bars to help out your workouts. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get $10 off your first box today. Get all your favorite flavors in there. These bars are great for the health-conscious guy, an easy way to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but have high-protein, high-fiber. You take the mint brownie, for example, 15 grams of protein in that bad boy, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs in the mint brownie, and most of all, it just tastes really good, and I can promise you that. As soon as you try these bars, you will be hooked. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order today at BuiltBar.com. So as for what Lampsom could bring to the table for Syracuse and what this would mean, we kind of touched on his game a little bit earlier on in the podcast. I think it was late last week once this offer first hit the Twitter wave, so to speak. But, you know, I do feel like the more I watch his tape, he's very comfortable outside the pocket. Definitely more of a dual threat quarterback than maybe I originally even thought when I was watching his tape. He has a lot of tenacity to his game in terms of his running style, but you can just tell that he is ready for the pocket to collapse and then he's ready to make a run or make a throw on the run and keep his head up downfield. He does have a pretty nice long ball too once he has the opportunity to go deep or stay in the pocket. But a lot of his tape is throwing on the run, which, in all honesty, would have been pretty nice to have a quarterback that could do a lot of that last year because the pocket collapsed so frequently last year. Baby Cutler, as I like to call them. And most people think that is an insult. No, that is probably the highest compliment I can give out. Isn't that right, Tim? It's not like you where you can give out Baby Brady, but no. I When I say Baby Cutler, that is the best Chicago Bears quarterback I've seen during my lifetime which is pathetic for some but for me i i wouldn't like it any other way unless it was pat mahomes but that's a that's a sore subject that i'm sure zach mahoney will come on again sometime and we'll talk about it and we'll hash it out but yeah when you look at what he does i mean he this is a guy who would be very comfortable in this offense he he even talked about how 
The offense that he runs in high school is very similar to Syracuse's. Up-tempo, a lot of throwing, which isn't very common in, in the high school game. And Remember, high school football is not a lot of throwing. It's a lot of power running, and maybe it's different out in California because the caliber of athletes different, but I know, especially in the Midwest, it's a lot of running, and that's why you see a lot of offensive linemen come out of this area. So... When I, when I see that, and also the fact that his coach is adding in running plays for him too, then you're going to see a guy who could maybe resemble a, a career similar to Eric Dungy. We, we kind of hit on it last week. He's got a very similar offer sheet, very similar skill set. He's taking a leap of faith across the country. And in Lampson's case, it's an even bigger leap of faith because he really hasn't yeah. seen inside the facilities or, or gotten to know the coaching staff on a face-to-face level yet. So... This is a guy who he's taken a jump, but this is a guy who could have a very impactful Syracuse career. He did say, and this is a good quote for anyone that is worried about this, coming from California to Syracuse, making that leap, he said distance is not a factor for him. Right. And he's really not putting that into his decision. He also mentioned Ian Book, the Notre Dame quarterback, played at his high school in California. He talked to Ian Book about making a long travel decision to go all the way to Notre Dame. And Ian Book was saying how that really helped him grow up and there was a lot of positives to it. So he feels like it might even be somewhat of a positive maybe to go a long ways away from home and kind of grow up that way. I I don't know. I feel good about Syracuse because any other time a kid from California, that's one of your concerns is, okay, like, is he really going to try and, ditch the California weather and go all the way across. But I think the only other team that I'm really, really worried about here is Louisville. And that kind of applies for Louisville too, a little bit, I guess. The things he said on Louisville that were positive were the big game atmosphere and that football is such a big deal there. And that also they were his first power five offer for Syracuse though. They've been on him for a while. So it's not like they jumped late to the party here. They just offered the latest of anyone that happens to be in his top four. Right, and I think the competition aspect and the playing time aspect is something that's going to be very, very important for him. I mean, he said as much, and with San Jose State, I know there's a, a great chance for him to to play early there. I think Syracuse has a, is a very underrated spot in that in that regard as well, because when you look at who the competition for him would be when he walks in as a true freshman, now you've kind of hit on how he's probably going to redshirt his freshman year, as I would expect him to do. But you're, he's going to walk in as a true freshman, senior Tommy DeVito. Then you've got a crop of underclassmen guys, Jacoby and Morgan, Drew Gunther, who's a preferred walk-on, David Summers, uh, Dylan Markowitz. But here's the thing that makes a guy like Lamson stand out. All of those guys that I listed are pro-style quarterbacks. Dino saw the success of the dual threat quarterback with Eric Dungy. And that's what Lampson is. He has the dual threat ability to use his legs. And Eric Dungy, yes, he was great. But he wouldn't have been nearly as great if he didn't have the threat that his legs brought. So if you add that into the fact, give him a little different dynamic to work with and a guy who Dino has seen his playbook have success with in a dual threat capacity, that's a big plus in Lampson's favor for when he starts as a, or at least when he's going to be given an opportunity to start as a redshirt freshman, if Dino likes the way that the dual threat style quarterback is functioning under his playbook, 
then that he's the only guy that can really run that offense. Look, dual threat has worked really well in the past, and I love when you start talking about the Eric Dungy comparisons here. Obviously, it's not, you know, apples to apples or anything like that, but there are kind of some similarities. And we see quarterback more than other positions, not saying his ratings are bad. I mean, he's we're talking about this. He's literally one of the five best quarterbacks on 247sports.com ratings-wise that hasn't committed. So in terms of what's out there, he's about as good as Syracuse is going to get right now. And it's not and even like an early it's late process, in the process guy. Yeah, he's an early yeah. process guy too. All those other names aside from DeVito, who obviously I don't think he has a chance to start over, but all of those guys are all late in the process type of guys. So to see him as a guy who is someone who the coaching staff bought into really early in the recruiting cycle, that's another good sign for why he could be the guy once he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, they really, really need to hit on a solid starter caliber quarterback yeah, in I mean, this cycle. It's not a lack of trying either. He's the no. 17th guy they've put an offer out to. 12 have committed elsewhere so far, and you're probably not very confident in the other four coming your way. It seems like all the chips have been pushed in on Justin Lampson to be that quarterback of the future. Yeah, and we did kind of get optimistic with Riley Leonard, and that sort of backfired. As we've joked about, hopefully Lampson's high school coach or whatever the connection was there doesn't have some connection. Yeah, to Yeah, it's Louisville's not like Lamar Jackson or, or Wyoming and, <laughs> yeah. and Josh Allen. Like, just got to right. hope that, that that equation is not going to come back to bite Syracuse in the rear once again. Yeah, I think we know everything about him. Does seem like a well-spoken kid, too, from this article. And very excited to see where he picks. Hopefully it is Syracuse. And I guess we're going to hear a decision early next week, maybe even at the end of this week. But whenever he makes that decision, we'll be here to break it down on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. We have you every single weekday tomorrow on the show. Dive into some more recruiting stuff and what else were we going to do, Ty? I think there was an article yeah, out there. Yeah, great article. I think it was collegefootballnews.com put out their top 30 ACC players. So we'll dive into that in terms of where Syracuse stacks up in, in regards to the rest of the conference. Yeah, we'll see where our guy Andre Sisko's ranked because he's getting it's high. a ton I'll of tell buzz. tell you that. It's high. Yeah, I bet it is. He's getting tons of buzz. So be on the lookout for that tomorrow in your podcast feeds. Check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Also, feel free to check out the other Locked On podcast. Locked On MLB would be a good one right now. Yeah, MLB how about it? Or... They're playing baseball, I Tim. I know you're happy. And if you have a favorite MLB team, no better time than to go to find their Locked On specific podcast. Get caught up on where they are, what this shortened season is going to mean for them and all that good stuff. But that'll do it for today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow. For Tyler, I'm Tim, and we'll talk to you guys then.